Amen. Can we put our hands together and give God a good cheer this morning? Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Boy, some of you sat down like you were eager to sit down. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, good to see everybody here today, especially those joining us online. If you couldn't be with us in person, we, we do appreciate you joining us online. And if there's any prayer requests or prayer needs that you have or any questions that you have about uh, the, the Bible, the Lord, Jesus, whoever, we, we are so um, um, happy that you would think of us to ask those questions. But we're going to try our best to uh, and prayerfully ask, answer questions and reach out whatever need you have. But how many know ultimately Jesus is the answer? Amen. Jesus is the reason we're here. He's the answer and uh, really he is the solution. And so we're, we're, uh, we're, we always point people to Jesus and that's a good thing, isn't it? I said it's a good thing, isn't it? Boy, a little tough crowd this morning and uh, I, I, maybe we should have gave coffee at the beginning or chocolate. I think that'd be great. I know there's a couple people that uh, hand me chocolate after church, and uh, it's always great after, but uh, how many know uh, it's good before? Anyways, you look good, Kenny. I wanted to say that. Brother Kenny looks great to look sharp, and uh, make sure if you greet Brother Kenny, you tell him that. All right. <laughs> any visitors here today, we just welcome you in Jesus' name, and, and uh, just if you have any questions about who we are, what we believe, and where we're going. Um, of course, it's on our website, but we're available. There's a lot of people after the service that will be eager to meet you and answer questions, and so uh, we're excited about that. Yeah, we have a lot going on, and so especially next week, that'll be great, and uh, Saturday is going to be exciting. We're going to do a lot of work for it, but uh, we believe that it'll grow and it'll expand, and uh, we handed out about 250 door hangers um, the other day and found out that we didn't even cover half of the area that we wanted to cover. So we're going to have to like bump that up next year and uh, reach a little bit more uh, out there. And so we're excited about it. So it'll be good. We're, uh, uh, you know, how many know, you know, your joy isn't dependent on your happenings in your life, but the joy depends on Jesus. Amen. Our joy as Christians depend on Jesus. And no matter what we're going through, I don't know, God has a way of turning everything for our good, the Bible says, turning a song into it. Come on. Amen. Turning a a smile into it, and uh, I believe that whatever you're going through today, God can work it out for His plans and His goodness and His will. Do you believe that? Amen. So um, I'm missing some of my, my amen people, my cheerleaders today in church, and so you're going to have to fill in for them. You're going to have to help me out today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, and starting, well, we're just going to read one verse. That's good. I'm going to do a lot of scripture. Um, probably this this morning, and I think Brother uh, Richard Hilton, how many really appreciated that last week, and our visitor, Pastor Richard Hilton, and uh, I love him, and, and Sister Teresa, but man, he shared a lot of good scriptures, and how many believe that, uh, you know, the Word of God is so good, and you can't get enough of it, and so we're going to share some scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, uh, I'll read it, then we'll pray. It says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Every one of us were created by God, amen, for His purpose and His glory. But how many believe that every person was called to salvation, but every believer is equipped for His mission? And so today, I really want to talk to you about spiritual work. Your spiritual, their spiritual. How many believe there's a spiritual work to do? How many believe, believe there's work for God to do? Amen. How many believe God has a work for us to do, right? 
Come on, we weren't just nothing, created nothing, going nowhere, doing nothing. I mean, God has a purpose and He has an intentional design for our lives and for what we do and what we say and where we go. And so I believe in that and I believe in, in uh, what God is doing. And so today I just want to talk to you about that, how that you're called for the work of the Lord. A lot of people don't really uh, see this as uh, significant or maybe even important, uh, but nevertheless, you've got to understand that if you're a Christian, you have a call on your life. And it, actually, any person, you have a call to salvation. And how many know every believer has a, a empowered and equipped, that's what God wants to do for his mission. How many believe that with all your heart? How many believe you've got a job to do for God? Amen. How many believe it's a big thing? It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. And it doesn't matter what you find yourself doing for God. How many know, amen, he, his reward is amazing. Amen. And he keeps you busy, doesn't he? God keeps you busy. So we want to talk about spiritual work today. Lord, we just thank you for your promises, your word, everything about you, Lord. We are so thankful that we have a part of it today. We have the opportunity to get into your word. And I ask, Lord, as we get into your word, that your word would get into us so that when we leave with your word, your word would leave with us today. And change us, and Lord, change the direction of our lives and the habits we do and the character that we live in. And I pray that, Lord, we would recognize your spiritual work the work that you have for every one of us today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, <coughs> amen. You know, we had to look at Jesus' work and Jesus' life. And Jesus was 12 years old when he gave this, uh, really this uh, uh, kind of the picture of, of his heart at a young age. And, and when his parents had left him for a few days in Jerusalem, how many of you have been left at, left at the store? I was left at church many times. And, you know, how many of you really, right? He's left there and they came back. And, and, you know, one of the things he said is he said, didn't you know and realize that I've got to be about my father's business? How many believe that? And in John chapter 4, we see that Jesus said after ministering to the woman at the well, this is what he said to the disciples. He said, he answered and he said, my meat or my, uh, my kind of my uh, priority is to do the will of him that sent me and finish his work. Finish his work. So from the time that Jesus was 12 till the time that he was 33 and a half and he died on the cross, he was all about the work of the Lord. He was all about the mission of God in his life. He was so consumed with finishing the work of God. How many know that when Jesus died on the cross, his work was done and our work began? Amen. Jesus said at the cross, it is finished. He said, I have completed my my work that I was called to do, that I was sent to do. I believe God has ordained you to do work. I believe God's called me to do work, spiritual work. Amen? You believe that? Spiritual work. And so we see this in the life of Jesus. And, you know, if we could look at it like this, we could say that salvation was the interview and baptism was the orientation for the job that God has for you. <laughs> Amen? And the Holy Spirit came to empower us to do what God called us to do. You've got a spiritual work to do today. And it's busy, isn't it? God has got a, a bunch of work for you to do. And may we be like Paul. You know, Paul said, I finished my course or ran my race. But I also believe that he looked at the church and he said, this isn't done yet. And he said to Timothy and son Titus and some of the other uh, disciple, people that he was discipling, he said, you've got to carry this on because we've got a lot of work to do. How many believe we've got a lot of work to do? How many believe that Jesus finished his work and we've got to live to finish our work? And so I believe that our heart and our passion, our priorities have got to be wrapped up in the work that God has for us. As Paul said in the very beginning, he said, always give yourself fully to the work 
of the Lord. Many people think that means we work for the church or things the church are doing. How many know that the church is not an organization? The church is people. Come on, we're not a club, we're not this, we're people. And we as people individually have something to do. And as we gather together collectively, we can all do it together. So God's called us individually, God's called us corporately to do something amazing and good for Him. How many know it's not always easy, it's not always popular, and it's not always, it always the, the, the first thing we want to do. But nevertheless, it's God's work. How many believe God's called you to something today? That's why I'm standing here. I'm standing here behind this pulpit because I'm fulfilling some spiritual work that God has for me to do here on the earth. Amen? Nah, it's not that important. It's not that significant. Making money is more important. You know, working for God is more important. I'd rather be paid by God than any man. Amen? Someone's like, oh man, he's getting weird now. I'm not telling you to sell everything and, and, and do all that. But, you know, we, we look at it as sometimes we don't see it as significant. But John 14, 12, Jesus said this. He said, Verily, true, or truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will even do greater works than these because I'm going to my Father. So when Jesus died on the cross, he finished his work, and our work began. And when the Holy Ghost came, I mean, Jesus said, it's no, you don't need to wait any longer. You wait for the promise of the Father, and then you start getting busy. Amen. How many know when you get saved, you can get busy for God? You don't need to worry about all these years of schooling and, and all these, you know, being a Bible scholar and have all these years and experience. Because how many know there's no, there's no ladder of success? There's no, uh, you know, seniority in the kingdom. It's every believer has got a call to the mission of God. Amen. You've got a place in the church. You've got a place in the body of Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. Anything that happens in your life affects the body of Christ. I believe that. Anything that happens in your life, whether good, bad, or whatever, can affect the body of Christ because we're all in this together to do a spiritual work. You know, the Bible makes it clear that there's two areas, really, that we are to be caught up in and the, the work, that, the spiritual work that God has for us. Number one, it's the church. It's God's people. And so it's the church. The thir first thing that we see that we're members of Christ, members of one another. We're part of the body of Christ in the earth. So we've got to take care of the church. We've got to be about the church. Come on, somebody. Some people hate the church. You have left the church. You're hurt by the church. I get it. But you're still part of the church. I mean, you know, just because you're not going to church doesn't mean you're not part of the church. Two people. That was amazing. What a great revelation that is. I'll say it again. Just because you're not going to church doesn't mean you're not part of the church. You're part of the church. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're a church on a little uh, tree in Africa and that's where you meet, or a, a, a garage or in a big old building, old theater, wherever you are, you're part of the church. Amen? And it doesn't matter whether you're online or in, a, in person or whether you're by yourself, you're part of the body of Christ. You're part of the church. And we've got we've to add to the church. The Bible makes it clear that our job is to build the church, to strengthen the church, and to grow the church. Did you know that? No, that's the pastor's job. No, that's all of our jobs. We've got a spiritual work to do. We've got to grow the church. Amen? That's why we're having a harvest festival. We want to grow the church. Amen? And people say, well, we're not about numbers. Well, Jesus is. Jesus died for everybody to come into the kingdom of God. He's about numbers, isn't he? Said, There's a book of numbers. God's about numbers. Amen. He's about people, isn't he? He's about people coming in. As many people as can come in, they need to come in. He didn't say just go to Williamsport or go to Israel and go to these parts of the world. He said go to all the world, to every creature, every person. 
Every generation needs to do it because every person is valuable to God. Every person is part of God's property and God wants every person to be saved. Amen. But it starts with the church, doesn't it? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 12 says that the reason that God's given, uh, we could say gifts or offices or positions, certain positions or titles or whatever in the church or, or gifts and offices and certain things like that in the church is for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so the reason we've got to be so uh, intentional about building up the body is because the body has to be strong enough to do the work of God in the earth. How many know you can't do work if you're weak? God wants a strong church. The Bible says He's coming back for a glorious church. Amen. A strong church. How many believe that? Amen. Oh, we can't do it. Our culture. No, we can't. No. God's coming back for a strong church. How many know you can be a strong church with a weak government? Amen. You can be a strong church with an oppressive government. Amen. The church of China is probably one of the strongest churches, amen, around. I mean, they're just strong. They're strong believers. They're ready to die for Jesus any moment. Most of them. Amen. And so I believe that it's about the church, God's people. You know, when we we born again, we have a new nature. We've been given kingdom principles to live by, and we've been given a ministry. Every one of you in this room that's born again has a ministry that is waiting for you to walk in. Well, I just can't wait to get behind the pulpit. How many know that's not, your, that's not the ministry? That's part of it. That may be part of my ministry, but that's only really maybe 20% of my ministry, maybe even 10% of the ministry that God's called me to. And so we've got to understand that we've been given a ministry, every one of us. And so our goal as leaders is that we want to develop that in you. We want you to see that. We want you to walk in that. We want to recognize that and say, hey, this is the ministry that is important in your life that will add to the church and grow the church and reach the lost. Amen. And so that's part of our ministry. You know, I thought about some people when they hear that word ministry. I have a ministry. I'm in the ministry. I'm a minister. You know, first of all, we think of being behind the pulpit, but that's not what the Bible talks about. Is that right? How many know there's more than one gift than being a pastor? There's lots of gifts of the, in the kingdom. There's lots of, of, of positions and there's lots of things that we can do. And so when people hear that word ministry, I think that either goes to their head or it goes over their head. <laughs> Some people don't even understand what their ministry is. They don't even recognize that God has a ministry for them. They think, well, it's, you know, it's this and big name and once I, I, I'm not a prophet and everything. How many know you don't have to be a prophet to have a ministry? But you also don't have to be separated from the body and, and, and have your own little podcast and you're the only prophet in America pre, you know, prophesying this and that. Come on. It doesn't have to go to your head either. Come on, ministry doesn't have to go to your head. I know one guy said, I, I, don't, I don't need the church. I got my ministry and I'm going to do my own ministry. I was like, well, that's great. I, I guess it'd be kind of like, you know, I don't know what it'd be like. But, you know, I think that's great. But, but we need each other so that we can fulfill our ministry. I know it's difficult to do ministry without people. Because <laughs> ministry is about people. It's about the church and we're part of the church and and, and maybe, maybe we need to say that. I have a ministry. Come on, let's say that together. I have a ministry. How many know their ministry? Wow. First of all, I better have my hand up, right? Amen. And, and some of the elders need to have their hand up. But anyways, 
No, we all have a ministry. You've got to know what that is. got to understand that. Walk in that. God gives that to you right away. And so we've got to understand that. You know, one of the things that's really amazing in Acts, I believe it's Acts chapter 6 and in 13, um, when they would begin to be sent out to the other, other parts of the earth, as Jesus said, one of the things that uh, the, the, they were praying, and, and the Bible says that as they were worshiping, the Holy Spirit spoke to the leaders, and He said, Separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called them to do. Now, let's get this picture. Here they are worshiping, right? They're all worshiping together, worshiping. They're in the house worshiping. You know, and they're singing that song. Oh, yeah, and they're all so deep in the worship, right? This is how we fight our battles, whatever they were singing. I'm sure there was something cool. And so, you know, here they are. They're worshiping. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I've called them to do. Did you know those two words, worship and work, come from the same root word? Many people want to separate worship. Oh, I'm just going to worship. I just need to go to church and worship. How many know you can't separate worship and work? God looks at it the same thing. How many know as you work, you work as unto the Lord? As I minister, I minister unto the Lord. As I go to my job or whatever you do, you do it as unto the Lord. As I worship, I do it as unto the Lord. Anybody? Come on, it's all unto Him, right? It's for Him, it's by Him, it's through Him. It's all to God, right? But it's about the church. And it's about building up the church, what God wants to do. It's about God's people. The second thing it is, and really most important, that I feel like for this church, looking at next week, is the gospel. So it's not just for the church. The work that God calls us is not just the church, but it's for the gospel. It is the, to the gospel. It's for the gospel. And that is lost people. So how many know we are working for, uh, you know, one of the things we're doing is for God's people. The spiritual work God calls us to is for God's people, and it's also for lost people. Can anybody say amen? How many were lost? Come on, you were lost, now you're found, amen. So you were part of those lost people crew, amen, right? And so the gospel found you. Somebody witnessed or you heard it or read it or, or, or searched for it. Whatever. You, you, you discovered Jesus through the gospel. And this is our work. This is the work that God calls us to is the gospel. That's why you're still here and not in heaven. <laughs> That's why you're still living in the nasty now and now. That's why you're here right now. This generation, this time, it's for lost people. Amen. In Luke chapter 10 verse 2. Luke chapter 10 verse 2. I'll give you a second to turn or click there. I love this account because Jesus is preaching in the middle of his sermon. Um, and I love this. He really brings out what is important. And he talks about, he was talking about some things that are important, but he really puts an emphasis on what's essential in the kingdom. And he says in Luke 10, verse 2, he said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The labors, not the church literature, not the marketing campaigns, not the anointing. Not the knowledge of God, the workers are few. How many know just about every Christian program always suffers from lack of volunteers or laborers? Amen. As Brother Anthony said, we're seeing it right now in our nation. And it is so many lack of volunteers and workers. But it says the workers are few. Ask the Lord or pray to the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field. A couple things I want to bring up to this is that when Jesus said this, apparently Jesus was not concerned for the lost coming to him. He was concerned rather than the believers going to the lost. He said there's no deficiency is the gospel going to the lost. That's not what he concerned him the most. What concerned him the most was the believers going to the lost. 
He said the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful. It is overwhelming. It is, there is a huge work for us to do, as Jesus is saying. It is huge. It's big. You know, and one of the things we have to understand is that people are God's property. He is the Lord of the harvest. That's what it means. How many know people are not, they don't belong to us, they belong to Him? Hello, somebody. Yeah, your neighbor that irritates you, that's God's property. That's part of God's creation. How many know when Jesus died on the cross, He paid a ransom to get His property back? And that's why the Bible says you're bought with a price. You're not your own. You belong to Him. You getting this? Amen? So people... They would say, well, they belong to the devil. No, they're God's property. They've been hijacked by sin. Amen. But Jesus paid a ransom to buy them back. And the gospel is, the good news is that the ransom's been paid. You just need to accept it and receive it and, understand, and step into it. And you're God's, God's child. Amen. Right? Because you've already been God's property, but now you want to be God's child. Amen. Hallelujah. So the gospel is amazing. But you know, one of the things I thought about is what the scriptures teach us about, especially in the New Testament, is Jesus will gather the saints, we are to gather sinners. We want to turn it around. Jesus, you gather the sinners, we'll gather the saints. And we'll have some good potlucks and picnics. No, Jesus said, I'll gather the saints at the end of the age. The Bible says the angel of the Lord's coming and he's with a big net and he's coming to gather all together and then he's going to separate God's people from other people come on somebody amen so Jesus is to gather the saints we are to gather sinners amen is that Jesus went about he said I'm here to gather seek and save the lost that's who I'm that's who I'm after it's the gospel that's his work he didn't just say my work was to minister to the people of Israel the Jewish people he said I'm here for the world aren't you glad that he he said that because a lot of us wouldn't be here today amen but you know, one of the things I've realized about this, if you study this, and, and it's just clear, when you study it, you'll dive right into it, you'll see something. When he said, ask or pray to the Lord of the harvest, when he said that, did you know that the same term that's used many times in the gospel for driving out demons, the same authority, the same power, that same authoritarian word goes forth from God to cast out demons, that's what he says, beg or cry out or pray Ask to what? Send out. That word send out means that same word like cast out. How many know that's pretty strong language? Cast them out. Thrust them out. Get out in the harvest. So it wasn't a suggestion. And it's not something we can do when we're ready to do it. When we feel like doing it. It's something like get out right now. How many have ever said that to your kids? Like get out of the kitchen right now. Right? Get out right now. You know, you've ever, come on, you've seen that, you know. How many have ever, have ever, you know, you've even prayed that way? Devil, you've got to leave right now. This is ending right now. Amen. I'm not going to do this anymore. This is stopping right now. That's the same word. It's the same word to get out. Go right now. This instant, come out. Right? That's the same thing, isn't it? Boy, that messed with a lot of Christians right there. Amen. And so that, that's what's so powerful. That's how strong the language is that God uses for this. And the Lord of the harvest, I mean, just think about it. He's got to cast them out. He's got to force, force people out. He's pushing people out of the church into the streets because the harvest is ready. Beg to the Lord of the harvest is what it says. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is the director of the harvest. He said that the harvest is His. It's not ours. 
And so what happens when it says he's the Lord of the harvest, guess what? He gets the benefits. We do all the work. I mean, that's what it means to be the Lord of the harvest. You hire people to do the work, but you get the benefits. Sure, you'll give them some change here and there, right? <laughs> but ultimately, the harvest is yours. It belongs to you. You just need some workers to do it. See, God came down in flesh and he showed us how to do it. Then he said, now it's your turn. And now it's been 2,000 years that we've got to have workers do it. And we've got to raise up workers. And we need more workers because the harvest keeps growing. How many of you know the harvest is around 7 billion right now? Amen. Give or take a few hundred million that claim to be Christians. Amen. All right. But it says here the Holy Spirit is that director. And one of the things that um, really about the workers, and I just noticed this when you read the scripture, it talks about so much work is to be done. In fact, there's more work than there are harvesters. I mean, that's not a good problem to have. I mean, no, Jesus is saying heaven's got a problem here. We've got a lot of work and we've got few workers. How many know we need to answer the call, that we need to answer the call of heaven to say, here am I, send me. Come on, somebody. I want to be that laborer. I want to be that worker. I want to answer that call. I want to fill out that application. Amen. Come on, somebody. I want to, I want to do that work. That's my work. That's the work I'm called to do. In fact, Paul told Timothy, he said, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. Your ministry isn't foolproof. The ministry in the church isn't foolproof until we have evangelism going on. Until people are doing the work of an evangelist. People want to do the ministry of a prophet, but that's not the entire ministry that you're called to. Part of it is an evangelist. Hello, somebody. Amen. Isn't it great just to sit in your padded room and get online and do your little podcast about prophesying who's going to be the next president? That's so comfortable, isn't it? Not unless you've got a bunch of haters, which a lot of people do. Anyways, but that's so comfortable, isn't it? Sit in church and, and then go home and, and, and then, uh, you know, I watch TV and Christian television and then I'll just, I'll just pray for other people to get saved. He didn't say pray for the harvest. He said pray for the workers. Pray for the labors. So let me ask you a question. In this room, how many labors do we have here? Okay, you're coming next Saturday, you're coming next Saturday. No, uh, no. so how many, that's not a trick question. How many laborers do we have? Come on, let me see your hand. We're not, I'm not going to sign you up for cleaning night, but we have laborers, right? Guess what? Look around. We've got to pray for one another. We've got to pray that God opens doors in your uh, sphere of influence, in your family, in the market, wherever you work. I don't care if you're on a back country road, miles away from people, live right downtown. We've got to pray for one another because we all got work to do. And we've got to pray for the church and pray for one another. Don't, I mean, it's great, good, and I pray for the lost. I pray that they'll find Jesus. Someone will tell them about the Lord and, and Jesus will reveal himself to them. I'm not, that's all good, but Jesus said, that's not the point. You've got to pray for laborers because the harvest is plentiful. You're, play, you're praying for what's already there, but you need to pray for what's not there, and that is the workers. That I can send them out, thrust them out, and I need to hurry here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, Paul said this, We have labored in the gospel. Or we have labored for the gospel's sake. It's work, isn't it? It's talking about the work of the gospel. There's work involved when it comes to preaching the gospel. 1 Thessalonians 2 9 says that he said that we remember, brothers, that we have labored and travailed. We have done this. We have laboring night and day because we preach the gospel of God to you. How many know preaching the gospel is part of the spiritual work that we've been called to do? Well, no, that's for people like Al Jones. I mean, he, you got to put a mic in his hand and he preaches the gospel. No, that's for you. That's for me. That's for everyone in this room. That's for everyone that names the name of Jesus. You are called to the work of the harvest. 
Amen? And, and maybe, maybe you want to run the tractor, I don't know. But let's just do the harps, right? Many people get caught up in what we do and who does what and who's in charge. Listen, let's just do the work. I said, let's just do the work. How many know every little bit counts? Every little bit counts. If you can't go out, then you can, you know, do something online. Every bit counts because it's part of the work that you've been called to do. It's part of the gospel. It's part of the harvest. Amen. How many know arguing about politics doesn't go too far, but man preaching the gospel goes a long way with God. Amen. Why? Because it's part of the work you've been called to do. When you focus on what you're really called to do, then God begins to work like never before. See, when we get into areas and the church gets in areas that we're not supposed to be, we're not called to, God really isn't really blessing that a whole lot. It's a lot of us. But when we do what God's called us to do, how many know, man, the Holy Ghost is behind us. Amen. He's all over us. He's in it. The power of the word goes forth. Everything that Jesus did, we can do. Everything that Jesus saw, we can see. And more, Jesus said, by being involved in the work of God. Amen. I want to encourage you today to do that. The scripture I like as I'm winding down, John chapter 4, says, Don't say that there are four months, then comes the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look unto the fields, for they're white already to harvest. And he that reaps, uh, he that reaps re receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal. Both they that work, or both that sow, and those that reap rejoice together. I like what the living says. It says this, Do you think the work of harvesting will not begin until the summer ends four months from now? Look around you. Vast fields of human souls are ripening all around us and are ready now for reaping. The reapers will be paid good wages and will be gathering eternal souls into the granaries of heaven. What joys await the sower and the reaper both together. You know, this is interesting, this concept that Jesus brings, especially to an agrarian society that he's preaching to mostly. And he was saying to the farmers, you have a saying. It's known fact that you have to, you plant in the spring and you harvest in the fall. How many know that's a known fact? But Jesus is giving you a spiritual principle for spiritual work. And he's saying, look, this is what happens in the kingdom of God. The reapers and the sowers, or the sowers and the reapers, work together. They're usually, why? What he means is, usually there's a delay. There's a waiting period. You put the seed in the ground and you wait. Is that right? There's a delay. But Jesus is saying in the kingdom, there's no waiting. There's no delaying. There's no saying, well, maybe. Maybe in a few years. Maybe down the road. Maybe. No, Jesus is saying the harvest is ready now. This happens now. How many know if you plant the word of God, it can work now? It starts immediately. Amen. The seed goes on the ground. The Bible says it begins and they work together. And so guess what? The Jesus has also given us a picture of how crazy the work of the Lord is. How busy the work of the Lord is. You're sowing, you're reaping. You're sowing, you're reaping. You're sowing, you're reaping. There's no delay. There's no sitting around. There's no waiting. It, it, how many know that? That's busy, isn't it? How many know we've got a work to do? The Bible says that one sows and another reaps. So, so I, Jesus said, it didn't matter who's, who's sowing, somebody's got to sow. And it doesn't matter who's reaping, but somebody's got to reap. Well, I'm a prophet, I can reap. No, it doesn't matter, I don't care. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if you're a child, it doesn't matter if you're a teenager, older person. It doesn't matter who you are, you can sow and reap. Because this is part of our work, amen. And so, and, and I love that because I just, that's, that's just such a revelation that blows away all my excuses and all my, all my procrastination and all my insecurities. And I don't have to say, Lord, I'll wait till somebody moves here from China and Africa and, and India. And then they'll evangelize my neighborhood. How many know the Bible says it's right now? The harvest is ready right now. And the harvest is people. It's not 
It's not anything difficult to figure out. The harvest is people. And so I love the fact that Jesus ties in the harvest with farming and, and all that process. Because, you know, when, it's, when, it's, when you're farming, especially now a few weeks ago, I was out and riding on the country roads and, and uh, I had to uh, kind of navigate around. A, a, Brother Rick was there. We kind of had to navigate a, around a couple farmers getting the hay in. And one guy was like, I mean, he was hurrying. It was late September. He's getting his last... Uh, you know, bit of hay in. Usually there's three cuts, and I think it was the third cut, getting that hay in. And he was, I mean, you could tell he was hustling that day. He was, I mean, he was busy. And how many know that's the way it is in the kingdom? We've got to take the opportunity now. We can't wait and say, well, eventually, Jesus saying it's ready now. Jesus said, and also declared through the prophet, that this is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. It's right now, you know, we have a problem with, we struggle with in the church. We have got this Old Testament philosophy that we got to shake off of someday. How many know in the Old Testament, that's all they had to look forward to? Someday the Messiah will come. Someday he's going to save us. Someday a deliverer is going to come. Someday, someday. But how many know since Jesus came, someday already is here. Someday came 2,000 years ago. When the Holy Ghost was poured out, he said, the, Holy, you, the last time you've got to wait, is for before the Holy Spirit comes. That's the last time you got to wait. We're in a go generation. How many know the Old Testament? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were in a waiting generation. They were, in a, they were in a someday generation, but we're in a today generation. We're in a now generation. We're in he has already come generation. How many believe grace has appeared to all men already? Jesus came 2,000 years ago. We don't have to say, oh, someday the Messiah is coming. How many believe the Messiah has already come? I do. I believe he's already come. I believe salvation's right now. I believe it's ready now. I believe, I, I don't believe in someday, someday, someday. Someday there's going to be a great revival. Someday there's going to be this. So we get so bent up on that, we, we start living our lives like that. Someday there's going to be a great revival. Someday God's going to move. God's going to move like he did someday. Someday, someday. How many know today is now? It's right now. It's today. Revival is now. Amen? I just may make that clear. Revival is in a cloud. Some, oh, it's over there. It's coming. No, it's right now. We've just got to walk in it. It's right now. We've just got to stir it up. Why? Because revival lives on the inside of me. It's not something that I need to wait for a date, a person, a prophet. It's right now. Jesus is revival. Hello, somebody. I said Jesus is revival, and revival lives on the inside of me. And guess what? Revival came 2,000 years ago. Hello. I said, come on, we got to get out of this someday, someday, someday. We, we're living in the now generation. Right now is salvation. Today is the day of salvation. How many believe the Holy Ghost is right now? Wouldn't you hate to tell your neighbors, someday you can be saved? Someday you can have peace? Someday you can have eternal life? Someday. I'll come back someday. I'll tell you later. Someday. We'll talk about it someday. No. You know what you can tell your neighbors? Right now. Right now, all you have to do is believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and today you can have salvation. Today your name can be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. As Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Why? Because he wasn't in the someday, he was in the now. Amen? How many believe that the now has already come? Amen? And so we got to get out of this thing. we got to get, thank God for, you know, God said, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I, I love those promises, but I know that I live in the now. I live, I, live, I live in this right now, revival, right now. How many know if we're not seeing it, maybe there's a problem with us. Maybe we just need to stir it up a little bit. Come on, somebody. How many know you, need, you don't need to pray for faith? I said you don't need to pray for faith. The Bible says in Romans that every man's been given a measure of faith. You just need to learn to stir it up. 
You need to learn to walk in it. Jesus said you need to, it's like a seed. You just, need to, you just need to exercise it. If you have a little bit of faith, you can move mountains. Think about if you had great faith. Jesus said you just need to exercise it. You don't need to pray for the anointing. Hello? Lord, I, want, I pray for more anointing, more anointing. You've got the most anointed, anointing, anointer on the inside of you. You can't ask for more anointing. <laughs> The Bible says that you've received in 1 John 2, you've received an unction from the Holy One already. Come on, if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you've been empowered, you've been anointed, amen, to do what God's called you to do. You don't need to sit in your room and pray for anointing, anointing, anointing. You've had the anointing. You've got to release it. You need to know how to, amen, just release it. That's all you do. Walk in it. You don't need to pray for a call. As soon as you became a believer and came up out of that water, you're called to be a disciple. And a disciple's called to win the lost. You've already got a call. Some people are praying for people from another nation to come to this nation. No, God's put that on you. That's your call. We're the missionaries here. Amen? And so we got to understand that we don't pray for those things. Amen? But God wants us to know that this is part of our work. Amen? I'm just going to say some things and close. But see, the mission of the church is not found in the church. Let me say it one more time. The mission of the church is not found in the church. The mission of the church is found in the world. What did Jesus say? Go ye into all the churches. Go ye into all the synagogues. Go ye into all the Christian homes. Go into all the world. Christians don't need the gospel. As Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Jesus always comes for those who need it. And that should be our mission. That should be our work. That should be our goal that the mission of the church is not found in the church. And I like what Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Rodriguez said. He said that today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. And we can't allow things to trip us up or get us sidetracked and, and detoured from the work of God. Let me just give you quick things, the lessons for our work, and we're going to wind this down. Number one, dedication. Dedication. These are lessons about our work here, our spiritual work. Dedication. It takes dedication. We're dedicated to the Lord and His Work. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we are working with God. We are in cooperation with God. We are working together. 2 Corinthians says that we are workers together with Him. How many believe that we're working for God and with God? Aren't you glad that God's working with you? Amen. The Bible says that He sent out the, the disciples and they went and healed the sick. The Lord working with them. Amen. God was working with you. I love that. God called you to his work, then he helped you do his work, then he gets the reward for his work. That's pretty good, isn't it? Amen. And then second thing you need is you need determination. You know, in John chapter 9, Jesus said, as long as it's day, we must do the works of him that sent us, or him that has sent me. Night is coming when no man can work. Talking about the end of the, earth, of the age. And then in verse 62 of that chapter, he says, Jesus told him, he says, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. How many know we've got to stay on this thing? We've got to stay to the work of the Lord. Don't let anything detour you. The only thing get you off track and sidetracked and distracted from what God has for you. The devil would love for us to be distracted in reaching souls today. He'd love us to stay in our homes and be afraid and be fighting amongst ourselves and arguing with people and not being where the real need is. Amen? But Jesus said, anyone who puts their hand to the plow, once you dedicate yourself, he said, is not fit for the kingdom. Don't look back. 
Doesn't matter what comes your way. Doesn't matter what life brings you. Doesn't matter what we face and questions that arise. I'm never going to put or keep my hand from the plow. I'm going to stay at God's work. You know, some of you look at other people and you say, well, they're so busy for God and I wish I was that busy for God. Well, they seem to be so gifted and I'm not really, I know, and I don't have, I just work a job. I punch this and do that and I go home and that's all my life. And all these other people, they've got this glorious ministry. Listen, all of us got a ministry. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Don't compare yourself. How many know God doesn't compare you to other people? He only compares you to your potential. And if God said you can do it, God said you had to work, even if it's one person, how many know, or a thousand people, it's still his work. It's still his work. It's still to him. It's still good work, right? I don't care if you've witnessed just one person your whole life. It's still spiritual work, still God's will. Come on, still God's will. He's still pleased. He still loves it. I hope I'm driving this point home today because we need determination. And the third thing is discipline. The Bible calls us to a life of discipleship, the life of responsibility in Him. And we've got to be responsible what He tells us to do. And, you know, the life of a discipline or or the call of a, a disciple, rather, the call of a disciple is the call to the disciplines of God. Prayer and fasting and, and come on, and, and living and righteous living and, and justice and all those things that God calls us to. How many know those are part of the disciplines of God? And a disciple walks in the disciplines of God. How many know, how many know God wants you to come bring you to disciplines? And it takes discipline to do the work of God. How many want to be caught up in God's work for your life? Amen. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. To... <clears throat> Take a short thought and make it even longer. I want to give you four things that I want you to remember before you leave today about spiritual work or God's work. Amen. Number one, you need to remember what's important. Keep focus the, the priority, what's essential. You know, activity is, ne- is not always spirituality. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're doing God's work. I mean, let's stay on point with God's work. How many know you can never be too busy for God's work? I said you can never be too busy for God's work. You can never be busy for what God called you to. You can never be too busy. God will always help you fit in His work into your life. Amen. Some of you have crazy lives. You live crazy busy lives. I know it. Right now, especially in the last couple of years, we're just busy. But you know, you can fit in God's work. You can, you can make it a part of your, work, your, your normal life. And so keep what's important. The Bible says that when we, when we work to the Lord and we focus on God's work, what He has for us, there's spiritual reward. You know, Jesus said, don't strive for the things of the world that spoil, but go for the eternal things. Work for the eternal things, the eternal reward. That's what we need to focus on. How I many know that scripture Jesus said? Don't, don't strive and labor for the earthly things. He said, you need to really labor for the heavenly things. Because how many know you can be poor in this world, but rich in faith? Is that right? So there's a lot of things that we can enjoy, but we need to keep Focus on what's important. The second thing is, understand that the Bible says that we're going to give an account. Every one of us are going to give an account every day of our lives on what God has called us to do. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, and it also says in the book of Revelation, it says that Jesus said in the book of Revelation that my reward is with me to give every man when I come. In Corinthians, it says that the books will open, plural, books will open and will be judged out of those books according to what we've done, good or bad. How many know, I don't know about you, but I want God to, to talk about what I've done good. Oh, it's not about good works. You're right. It's about grace. But I'm empowered by God to do His work. Amen? 
I mean, no, those things don't save me, but now that I'm saved, I'm sure going to be involved in his work. We're his feet. We're his hands. I mean, Jesus came and showed us how that example, and he said, now that I've done my work, now it's time to do your work. But the Bible says we're going to give an account. The third thing is, is that, again, we've mentioned that we're working with God, but we're working together. That's important, isn't it? Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He didn't say that my, my uh, whatever, my, whatever, I don't know the example, but he used that example of yoke, oxen, working, my yoke. How many know when you get saved, you take on a different yoke? The burden of, of all the world and sin and the burden, burden carrying it by yourself, all those things, Jesus, He is our burden bearer. But He said, now we're going to be yoked together. How many know people think they're free, free, free? How many know we're free to serve, we're free to love, we're free to give, we're free to, come on, we're free to give our lives up for the gospel's sake, but we're yoked together with Him. And fourthly, and that is, this is the thing to remember, the gift of the Holy Ghost. You've been empowered, you've been equipped, Amen, to do the work. You've been instructed. Amen. Aren't you glad that God loves you enough to empower you, to enable you, to instruct you on exactly what to do? How many like pictures when it comes to instructions? On all the husbands said, right? We love those things. Everything's marked. A, B, this is the part. This. How many know that makes it easy, doesn't it? What we need to do is this is the instruction book right here for God's work. And so we need to pick it up every day and say, God, what is your instructions? I want to read and see your instructions. Amen. Some of you maybe got the instructions upside down and you're reading it back to front. I don't know. But say, God, help me to read your instructions for the work you've called me to do, for the ministry that you have for me. And I'm not going to compare myself to anybody else, prophet, evangelist, you know, bishop, so-and-so. You, I'm not going to do that. You called me to do something today. You've called me to do something. How many know God has almost daily assignments for us? Yes, he does. Amen. He loves it so much. Why? Because there's so much work to do. There's so much. There's why? Because there's so many people. There's 7 billion people. And the Bible says the, the harvest is so great. How many know there's a lot of work to do here in Williamsport in the surrounding areas? Come on, let me see your hand and say, Lord, there's a lot of work to do, God. And I'm signing up today. I'm not just filling an application. I'm taking the orientation. I'm going through the whole thing. Amen. You might as well put my name on the, on the payroll because I'm working today. Lord, I'm, I'm going to be busy for your work. Some of us have been very, very busy, but not necessarily for God. Say, Lord, I want to be busy about your work. I've been busy about my life, but Lord, I want to be busy about... How many know if you're going to be busy about his work, he's going to be faithful to be busy about your life? Come on, somebody. He'll take care of your life. If you're going to be busy about his work, he'll take care of your life. And so today, I wonder if we could just recommit ourselves to the work of the Lord. Say, God, first of all, help me recognize it. I want to know what my ministry is. I want to know where, where you want me to be because every gift is different. Every person's different. I mean, just like every seed, it's got its own place. And God, I want to find my place. I, I want to add to the church. I want to strengthen the church. I want to build the church so that we can do the work of Jesus Christ in Williamsport, in Lycoming County, in the state of Pennsylvania and around the world. I believe it's important to recognize spiritual work today. Lord, we just thank you today that, Lord, you've called us to something amazing. It's bigger than all of us. It'll take a lifetime to do, but Lord, we want to get started afresh today. Lord, some of us have been weary in the harvest. We've been weary, Lord, witnessing and weary and, and doing work for you, God. But Lord, I pray for strengthen, as Paul prayed uh, for the church, to strengthen the feeble knees and the hands that hang down. and Give us your grace and your strength in this culture that is just so against the gospel, Lord, and so against righteousness. We thank you, Lord, that, Lord, your strength 
And your, your grace is made uh, sufficient for us. You're, 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 you're perfect. Your, your strength is made perfect in our weakness, God. And so we thank you for that. Lord, I also pray for those that say, I don't even know what my ministry is. I'm not even sure what my ministry is. I pray that, Lord, it would be revealed to us and to them. And to, Lord, we would just be able to coach each other and train each other and develop those ministries that you called us to, God. I thank you for it, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that there is a, such a work in Williamsport as we ride down the road, as we go to work, as we go shopping, whatever we're doing. Lord, I pray that you would just show us, Lord, the harvest, the harvest, the harvest, your property, your people, your value, Lord. Lord, what's important in your heart and help us get involved. Roll our sleeves up and say, we want to work for you today. And your labor, our work, is never in vain. As long as we're doing it for you, God, unto you, with you, it's never, ever in vain. We thank you for it. We bless your name. We pray a special blessing on all the families and marriages today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you right around the front. If you're new, we'd like to meet you in the back. or where, right, you